Chapter fourteen of the Prelude to Adventure by Hugh Walpole. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter fourteen. God. One. Half an hour later, he was in his room again, and the real world had come back to him. It had come back with the surprise of some supernatural mechanism. It was as though the sofa, chairs, pictures had five minutes before been grass and toadstools in a world of mist and now were sofa chairs and pictures again he was absolutely sane whereas half an hour ago he had been held almost by an enchantment if margaret were here with him now here in his room not in that dim horrible rocket road house raised it might almost seem by the superstitions and mists of his own conscience ah how he would love her he was filled with a sense of energy and enterprise he would have it out with rupert laugh away his suspicions reconcile him to the idea of the marriage finally drag margaret from that horrible house as with a man who has furious attacks of neuralgia and between the agony of them feels so great is the relief that no pain will ever come to him again so olva was now for an instant the olva of a month ago four times had the pursuer thus given him respite on the morning after the murder in st martin's chapel on that same evening after his confession to bunning and now but agidius looking down from his wall saw the strong stern face of his young friend and loved him and knew that at last the pursuit was at an end bunning came in two bunning came in the little silver clock had just struck a quarter to one the match was at half-past two olva knew at his first sight of bunning that something had happened the man seemed dazed he dragged his great legs slowly after him and planted them on the floor as though he wanted something that was secure like a man who had begun desperately to slip down a crevasse his back was bowed and his cheeks were flushed as though someone had been striking him but his eyes told olva everything they were the eyes of a child who has been wakened out of sleep and sees terror what is it sit down pull yourself together oh dune my god dune the man's voice had the unreality of men walking in a cinematograph craven's coming coming where here now i don't know when he knows you told him i thought it best i thought i was doing right it's all gone wrong oh these last two days what i've suffered now for the first time in the history of the whole affair olva dune may be said to have felt sheer physical terror not terror of the mist of the road of the darkness of the night but terror of physical things of the loss of light and air of the denial of food of physical death for a moment the room swam about him he heard in the court below him some men laughing a dog was barking then he saw that bunning was on the edge of hysteria the bedmaker would come in and find him laughing as he had laughed once before olva stilled the room with a tremendous effort the floor sank the table and chairs tossed no longer now bunning tell me quickly they'll be here to lay lunch in a minute what have you told craven and why have you told him anything i told him yesterday that i did it that you did it yes that i murdered carfax my 
god you fool you fool a most dangerous thing this devotion of a fool but strangely olva's words roused in bunning a kind of protest so that he pulled his eyes back into their sockets steadied his hands held his boots firmly to the floor and quite softly with a little note of urgency in it as though he were pleading before a great court said yes i know but he drove me to it craven did i thought it was the only way to save you he's been at me now for days ever since that time he stopped me in outer court and asked me why i was a friend of yours he's been coming to my room at night at all sorts of times and just sitting there and looking at me olva came across and touched bunning's arm poor bunning what a brute i was to tell you he used to come and say nothing just look at me i couldn't stand it you know i'm not a clever man not at all clever and i used to try and think of things to talk about but it always seemed to come back to carfax every time and then when you told me the other day about your caring for miss craven i felt that i must do something i'd always puzzled you know why i should be brought into it at all i didn't seem to be the sort of fellow who'd be likely to mix up with a man like you i felt that it must be with some purpose you know and now now i thought i suddenly saw i don't know i thought he'd believe me i thought he'd tell the police and they'd arrest me and that'd be the end of it here bunning took a handkerchief and began miserably to gulp and sniff but good heavens olva cried you didn't suppose that they wouldn't discover it all at the police station in a minute two questions and you'd be done why man i didn't know i thought it would be all right i was all alone that afternoon out for a walk by myself and you told me how you did it i'd only got to tell the same story i couldn't see how any one should know i couldn't really i don't suppose many gulps that i thought much about that uh, i only wanted to save you how bright and wonderful the day how full of color the world and it was all over all absolutely finally done now look here stop that sniffling it's all right i'm not angry with you just tell me exactly what you said to craven yesterday when you told him bunning thought well he came into my room quite early after my breakfast i was reading my bible as i used to you know every morning to see whether i could be interested again as i used to be i was finding i couldn't when craven came in he looked queer he's been looking queerer every day and i don't think he's been sleeping then he began to ask me questions not actually about anything but odd questions like where was i born and why did i read the bible and things like that just to make me comfortable and his eyes were so funny red and small and never still then he got to you the misery now in Bunning's eyes was more than Olva could bear. It was dumb, uncomprehending misery, the unhappiness of something caught in a trap, and that trap, this glittering, dancing world. Then he got to you. He always asked me the same questions. How long I'd known you? Why we got on together when we were so different? Silly, meaningless things. And he didn't listen to my answers. He was always thinking of the next thing to ask and that frightened me so the misery in bunning's eyes grew deeper suddenly i thought i saw what was meant that i was intended to take it on myself 
it made me warm all over the thought of it now i was going to do something that's how i saw it going to do something he repeated desperately with choking sobs between the words it's all happened so quickly he had just said absently not looking at me you like dune don't you when i came out with it all at once i said yes i know i i know what you want you think that dune killed carfax and that i know he did but he didn't i killed carfax bunning's voice quite rang out his eyes now desperately sought olva's face as though he would find there something that would make the world less black i wasn't frightened not then that was the odd thing the only thing i thought about was saving you getting you out of it i didn't see i didn't see and then what did craven say olva asked quietly craven said scarcely anything he asked me whether i realized what i was saying whether i saw what i was in for i said yes that it had all been too much for my conscience that i had to tell someone all the things that you told me then he asked me why i'd done it i told him because carfax always bullied me he did you know and that one day i couldn't stand it any longer and i met him in the wood and hit him he said you must be very strong and of course i'm not you know and that ought to have made me suspect something but it didn't then he said he must think over what he ought to do but all the time he was saying it i knew he was thinking of something else and then he went away that was yesterday morning yesterday morning and all day i was terrified but happy too i thought i'd done a big thing and i thought that the police would come and carry me off nothing happened all day i sat there waiting and i thought of you that you'd be able to marry miss craven and would be very happy then this morning coming from chapel craven stopped me i thought he was going to tell me that he'd thought it his duty to give me away he would you know but it wasn't that all he said was i wonder how you know so much about it bunning i couldn't say anything and then he said i'm going to ask dune that was all all he wretchedly repeated and then with a movement of utter despair flung his head into his hands and cried olva standing straight with his hands at his side looked through his window at the world at the white lights on the lower sky at the pearl-gray roofs and the little cutting of dim street and the high gray college wall he was to begin again it seemed at the state in which he'd been on the day after carfax's murder then he had been sure that arrest would only be a question of hours and he had resolutely faced it with the resolve that he would drain all the life all the vigor all the fun from the minutes that remained to him now he had come back to that craven would give him away perhaps he would at any rate drive him away from margaret but he would almost certainly feel it his duty to expose him he would feel that that would end the complication with his sister once and for all the easiest way he would feel it his duty these people and their duty well at least he would have his game of football first no one could take his afternoon away from him margaret would be there to watch him and he would play oh he would play as he had never played in his life before bunning's voice came to him from a great distance what are you going to do what are you going to say to craven 
say to him why i shall tell him of course tell him everything bunning leapt from his chair in his urgency he put his hands on olva's arm no 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 you mustn't do that why it will be as though i'd murdered you tell him i did it make him believe it you can you're clever enough make him feel that i did it you mustn't mustn't let him know oh please please i'll kill myself if you do i will really olva gravely quietly put his hands on bunning's shoulders it's all right it had to come out i've been avoiding it all this time escaping it but it had to come don't you be afraid of it i dare say craven won't do anything after all he loves his sister and she cares for him that will influence him but anyhow all that's done with there are bigger things in question than craven knowing about carfax and you were meant to tell him you were really you've just forced me to see what's the right thing to do that's all bunning was surely in the light of it a romantic figure miss annette came in with the lunch three as olva was changing into his football things a cardiac appeared come up to the field with me will you i've got a handsome olva finished tying his boots and stood up cardiac looked at him my word you seem fit yes i'm splendid thanks he felt splendid never before had he been so conscious of the right to be alive his football clothes smelt of the earth and the air he moved his arms and legs with wonderful freedom his blood was pumping through his body as though death disease infirmity such things were of another planet for such a man as he there should only be air love motion the begetting of children the surprising splendor of a sudden death now already craven was waiting for him he had sent a note round to craven's room he had said come in to see me after the match five o'clock i have something to tell you at five o'clock then meanwhile it was nice of cardiac to come they exchanged no words about it but they understood one another entirely it was as though cardiac had said i expect that you're going to knock me out of this rugger blue as you knocked me out of the wolves and i want to show you that we're pals all the way through what cardiac really said was have a cigarette these are turkish feel like playing a game today never felt better in my life well these dublin fellows haven't had their line crossed yet this season may one of us have the luck to do it pretty hefty lot of forwards yes o'brien's their spot three i believe olva and cardiac attracted much attention as they walked through the college miss annette watching them from a little window where she washed plates gulped in her thin throat with pride for that mr doon there's a gentleman the sun above the high grey buildings broke slowly through yellow clouds the roads were covered with a thin fine mud and from the earth faint clouds of mist rose and vanished into a sky that was slowly crumbling from thick grey into light watery blue the cold air beat upon their faces as the hansom rattled past dunston's over the bridge and up the hill towards the field cardiac talked there goes brav he doesn't often come up to a game nowadays must be getting on for seventy the greatest half the varsity ever had i suppose it's a good thing this mud isn't thicker it won't make the ball bad that game against monkstown the other day my word but olva was not listening it seemed to him now that two separate personalities were divided in him so sharply that it was impossible to reconcile them 
there was old hadoun concentrating all his will his mentality upon the game that he was about to play this was his afternoon after it there would be darkness death what you will parting from margaret all purely physical emotions the other olva felt nothing physical the game confession to rupert trial imprisonment even separation from margaret all these things were nothing in comparison with some great business that was in progress behind it all as real life may go on behind the painted back cloth of a stage here were amazing happenings although at present he was confused and bewildered by them it was not that olva was actually at the instant conscious of actual impressions but rather that great emotions great surprising happiness seemed to shine on some horizon it was as though something had said to his soul presently you will feel a joy a splendour that you had never in your wildest thoughts imagined the pursuit was almost at an end he was now enveloped enfolded already everything to him even his love for margaret was trivial in comparison with the effect of some atmosphere that was beginning to hem him in on every side but against all this was the other olva the olva who desired physical strength love freedom health well let it all be as confusing as it might he would play his game but as he walked into the pavilion he knew that the prelude to his real life had only a few more hours to run four as he passed with the rest of the team up the field he observed two things only one thing was margaret standing on the left side of the field just below the covered stand he could see her white face and her little black hard hat the other thing was that on the horizon where the wall at the further end of the field cut the sky there were piled as though resting on the top of the wall high white clouds for a moment these clouds piled in mountain shape of an intense whiteness with round curving edges held his eyes because they exactly resembled those clouds that had hung above him on the day of his walk to sanit wood the day when he had been caught by the snowstorm these clouds brooded waiting above him their dazzling white had the effect of a steady unswerving gaze they lined out he took his place as centre three-quarters with cardiac outside left and tester and buchan on the other wing old lawrence was standing a solid rock of a figure back there was a great crowd present the tops of the handsome cabs in the road beyond rose above the wall and he could hear muffled with distance shots from the varsity firing range all these things focused themselves upon his brain in the moment before the whistle went the whistle blew the dublin men had kicked off tester had fielded the ball sent it back into touch and the game had begun this was to be the game of his life and yet he could not centre his attention upon it he was conscious that whimper the great whimper was acting as linesman and watching every movement he knew that for most of that great crowd his was the figure that was of real concern he knew that he was as surely battling for his lady as though he had been fighting tournament-wise six hundred years ago but it all seemed of supreme unimportance to-night he was to face rupert to state once and for all that he had killed carfax to submit margaret to a terrible test even that of no importance 
all life was insignificant beside something that was about to happen before the gaze of that white dazzling cloud he felt that he stood a little pygmy alone on a brown spreading field the game was up at the university end the dublin men were pressing and the cambridge forwards seemed to have lost their heads it was a case now of scrum lining out and scrum again the cambridge men got the ball kept it between their heels and tried desperately to wheel with it and carry it along with them it escaped them dribbling out of the scrimmage the cambridge half leapt upon it but the dublin man was upon him before he could get it away it was on the ground again the dublin forwards dribbled it a little and then someone sweeping it into his arms fell forward with it over the line the cambridge men on top of him dublin had scored a try and a goal from an easy angle followed dublin five points they all moved back to the centre of the field and now the cambridge men rushing the ball from a line-out in their favour pressed hard at last the ball came to the three quarters tester caught it passed it to buchan who as he fell flung it right out to cardiac cardiac draw his man swerved and sent it back to olva as olva felt the neat hard surface of it as he knew that the way was almost clear before him his feet seemed clogged with heavy weights something was about to happen to him something but not this the crowd behind the ropes were shouting he knew that he was himself running but it seemed that only his body was moving his real self was standing back gazing at those white clouds waiting he knew that he made no attempt to escape the man in front of him he seemed to run straight into his arms he heard a little sigh go up from behind the ropes as he tumbled to the ground letting the ball trickle feebly from his fingers a try missed if ever one was no one said anything but he felt the disappointment in the air he knew what they were saying one of dune's off days i always said you couldn't depend upon the man he's just too sighty to care what happens well they might say it if they would his eyes were on the horizon but his failure had had its effect let there be an individualist in the line and tester and buchan would play their well-ordered game to perfection they relied as a rule upon whimper to-day they had depended upon dune well dune had failed them the forwards were healing so slowly the scrum half was never getting the ball away it was a miserable affair the dublin forwards pressed again for a long time the two bodies of men swayed backwards and forwards in the university twenty-five lawrence was performing wonders he seemed to be everywhere at once bringing men down seizing in a lightning flash of time his opportunity for relieving by kicking into touch twice the ball went to the dublin three-quarters and they seemed certainly in but on the first occasion a man slipped and on the second olva caught his three-quarter and brought him sharply to the ground it was the only piece of work that he had done more struggling then away on the site some dublin man had caught it and was running some one dashed at him to hurl him into touch but he slipped past and was in another try the kick was again successful dublin ten points the half-time whistle blew as the met gathered into groups in the middle of the field sucking lemons and gathering additional melancholy therefrom olva stood a little away from them 
Whimper came out into the field to exhort and advise. As he passed Olva, he said, "'Rather miss that try of yours. Ought to have gone a bit faster.' He did not answer. It seemed to be no concern of his at all. He was now trembling at every limb, but his excitement had nothing to do with the game. It seemed to him that the earth and the sky were sharing his emotion, as he could feel in the air a great exultation. It was becoming literally true for him that earth, air, sky were praising at this moment in a wonderful unison some great presence. All things betray thee who betrayest me. Now he understood what that line had intended him to feel. The very sods crushed by his boots were leading him to submission. The whistle sounded. His back now was turned to the white clouds. He was facing the high stone wall and the tops of the handsome calves. The game began again. The Dublin men were determined to drive their advantage to victory. Another goal, and their lead might settle once and for all the issue. Olva was standing back, listening. The earth was humming like a top. A voice seemed to be borne on the wind. Coming, coming, coming. He felt that the clouds were spreading behind him, and a little wind seemed to be whispering in the grass. Coming, coming, coming. His very existence now was strung to a pitch of expectation. As in a dream, he saw that a Dublin man with the ball had got clear away from the clump of Cambridge forwards and was coming towards him. Behind him only was Lawrence. He flung himself at the man's knees, caught him, falling himself desperately forward. They both came crashing to the ground. It was a magnificent collar, and Olva, as he fell, heard, as though it were miles away, a rising shout, saw the sky bend down to him, saw the ball as it was jerked up rise for a moment into the air, was conscious that someone was running. 5. He was on his knees, alone on the vast field that sloped a little towards the horizon. Before him the mountain clouds were now lit with a clear silver light so dazzling that his eyes were lowered. About him was a great silence. He was himself minute in size, a tiny, tiny bending figure many years passed a great glory caught the color from the sky and earth and held it like a veil before the cloud in a voice of the most radiant happiness olva cried i have fled i am caught i am held lord i submit and for the second time he heard god's voice my son my son he felt a touch very gentle and tender on his shoulder six many years had passed he opened his eyes and saw the ball that had been rising many years ago now falling the man whom he had collared was climbing to his feet behind them men were bending down for a scrum the shout that he had heard when he had fallen was still lingering in the air and yet many years had passed hope you're not hurt the dublin man said came down hard no thanks it's all right Olva got onto his feet. Someone cried, Well collared, Dune. He ran back to his place. Now there was no hesitation or confusion. A vigor like wine filled his body. The Cambridge men now were pressing. The ball was flung back to Cardiac, who threw to Olva. The Dublin line was only a few yards away, and Olva was over. Lawrence kicked a goal, and Cambridge had now five points to the Dublin ten. 
cambridge now awoke to its responsibilities the dublin men seemed to be flagging a little and tester and buchan having apparently decided that olva was himself again played their accustomed game but what had happened to doon there he had been his old casual superior self during the first half of the game now he was that inspired player that the harlequin match had once revealed him whimper had spoken to him at half-time that was what it was whimper had roused him for he was amazing he was everywhere even when he had been collared he was suddenly up had raced after the three-quarter line caught them up and was in the movement again five times the cambridge threes were going were halfway down the field and were checked by the wonderful dublin defence again and again cambridge pressed there were only minutes left for play and cambridge were still five points behind someone standing in the crowd said by jove dune seems to be enjoying it i never saw anyone look so happy someone else said dune's possessed by a devil or something i never saw anything like that pace he doesn't seem to be watching the game at all though someone said there's going to be a tremendous snowstorm in a minute look at those white clouds then when there were five minutes more to play there was a forward rush over the dublin line a cambridge man struggling at the bottom of a heap of legs and arms touched down a dublin appeal was made for carried over but no try for cambridge a deafening shout from behind the ropes then a breathless pause whilst lawrence stepped back to take the kick then a shattering roar as the ball sailed between the posts ten points all and three minutes left to play they were back to the centre the dublin men had kicked tester had gathered and returned to touch there was a line out a cambridge man had the ball and fell cambridge dribbled past the ball to the half and the ball was in cardiac's hands let this be ever to cardiac's honour fame of a lifetime might have been his the way was almost clear before him he passed back to olva the moment had come the crowd fell first into a breathless silence then screamed with excitement doon's got it he's off he had a crowd of men upon him handing off bending doubling almost down slipping and then up again he was through them the great clouds were gathering the grey sky into their white arms mr gregg at the back of the stand forgetting for once decorum white and trembling was hoarse with shouting olva's body seemed so tiny on that vast field two dublin three-quarters came for him he appeared to run straight into the arms of both of them and then was through them they started after him one man was running across field to catch him it was a race now there fell silence as the three men tore after the flying figure surely never in the annals of rugby football had anyone run as olva ran then only now the dublin back and he missing the apparent swerve to the right clutched desperately at olva's back caught the buckle of his shorts and stood with the thing torn off in his hand he turned to pursue but it was too late olva had touched down behind the post as he started back with the ball the wide world seemed to be crying and shouting waving and screaming against the dull grey sky far away an ancient cabman standing on the top of his hansom flourished his whip but as he stood there the shouting died the crowds faded 
alone there on the brown field with the white high clouds above him alva was conscious only of the gentle touch of a hand on his shoulder End of chapter fourteen